Maybe? There, there I am. Thank you. All right. I don't know about you, but this week was kind of long. It was kind of long and kind of fast and kind of heavy. Kind of heavy. But you know what? Matthew eleven twenty eight tells us. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and, heavy, and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I pray today that for our service, we will find rest for our souls as we focus on the one who has delivered us from this heaviness. For the prelude, will you guys stand with us as we sing my Jesus? Yeah, the lyrics are in your bulletin. All right. Ready? Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all?
Good morning. I'd like to welcome all those to First Church this morning. I'd like to also welcome those listening on the radio and watching on Facebook Live. Just have a few announcements for this morning. Keep in mind, we'll be receiving new members into the church here soon, so if you're interested in becoming a member or if you have questions about membership, please talk to Pastor Joel. We'd love to have you. Uh, on a couple schedule items today, there will be no junior and senior high youth Bible study this afternoon, and that will resume next Sunday. And Aaron Rohrball's Sunday school class, uh, he's feeling a little bit under the weather, so it's canceled for today, but that'll uh, take place again next Sunday as well. So why don't you rise with me as we do the call to worship. The call to worship today is taken from Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of the God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpet and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. So now we're going to sing Son of Heaven. This is the word. 
Therefore God exalted him, that is Jesus, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father.
praise your great name, Lord Jesus. We praise you. You are our redeemer. You are our healer and defender. You are Lord God Almighty. We give you all the glory. At this time, would the children please come forward for children's chat? Good morning. How are you guys today? Good? All right. All right. All right. So I have something here. Hold out your hand. Here you go, Raylan. Sit down right here. Good job. All right. Here you go. Here's one for you. Here, Courtney. Okay. Hold on, I got more. I got more. They are their pennies. They are. Reagan, can you help me pass some out over there to them guys? Well, there was a penny on the floor under the chair. There was a penny on the floor under the chair? Yeah. You're stealing my line. <laughs> Have you ever found a penny on the floor? Yeah. Yeah? And I picked it up. And you picked it up? And then what did you do with it? You, did you put it in your piggy bank? No. No? Well, hold on. You hold on to that penny. Here, Emmett needs a penny. Can you give Emmett a penny? All right. Does everybody have a penny? Yeah. Okay. Now, just hold on. What does it mean to trust? Okay. Sit down. Okay. To trust means somebody's going to help you? Anybody else have any thoughts? Yeah. That you believe in them? Who do you trust? God. God and Jesus. Perfect answer to every question at Children's Chat. Who else do you trust? Do you trust your mom and dad? Yeah. yeah. Do you trust your teachers? Well, I have mom and daddy. Yeah. And I have a son named Ollie. Okay. Okay. You do. Okay. So, trust. Trust is a big word. It only has four letters, but it it has a lot of meaning to it. Can you trust everybody? No. Sometimes people do things, and and we have a hard time trusting them anymore. Okay. Now I want you to take a look at your penny. Okay. Look at it real close. Now, I know some of you guys can't read, but for those of you who can read, can you tell me anything that you can read on that penny? 2016? 2016, that's the year your penny was made. In God we trust. Do you know that every coin in the United States any of our money, it says, in God we trust. So, you know how Reagan found that, pe- or Raylan found that penny laying on the floor? I read this story once that there was this guy, and he was rich, and he was walking down the street, and they were going out to dinner, and all of a sudden he stopped, and he bent over, and he picked up. 
and he sat down or he he found this penny and he bent over and he picked it up and he looked at it and he looked at it and he smiled at it and he put it in his pocket and the the people that were with him was like this guy has got all the money in the world and he is excited to pick up a penny what is that about well he explained to them that If I trust in God, the name of God is holy, even in on a coin. And whenever I find a coin, I see that, those words written on that coin. But many people don't even notice it. When you see a penny on the ground, that's like God dropping a message down from heaven to you, reminding you, that we need to trust in him. And sometimes it's easy to trust in him with things going on in our lives. And sometimes it's difficult. But we have to know that God is always with us. God is always by our side. And we can always trust in him. All right. So the next time you guys see a penny or a quarter or a nickel or a dime laying on the ground, you stop and you pick it up and you say, oh, I wonder what God wants me to trust today. Okay, you think you can remember to do that? All right, wait, 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 we got to pray. Okay, can you fold your hands? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these children, children who trust with everything. You give us trust to believe. Help us to believe and to trust in you like children. Be with us this week. Keep us healthy and safe. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, go keep your penny somewhere safe. Let's try this. There we go. Our offering this morning goes to support the radio fund. Um, and so if you are able to give this morning, I encourage you to do so and give back. Uh, again, the radio fund um, is such a, a blessing here at the church as we are able to proclaim God's word, not just here in the sanctuary, but through that radio ministry to many who are able to hear it. So I invite the deacons to come forward at this time as we collect our morning offering.
Amen. You may be seated. Just want to take this time to just say thank you uh, from our family to our church family. Um, as you all know, or most of you, I'm sure, know, uh, it's been a rough week for us at the Buckland household. Um, and your cards and texts and messages have all uh, been so encouraging to us and to Josephine. And we are so grateful uh, for a church family and a community that supports each other. And we certainly felt that this week. So thank you to everyone um, who reached out to us. And I know uh, many, many, many people that were praying for us. So thank you very much for that. Speaking of prayer, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father God, you are good. And your mercies are new each morning. We know, Lord, that there are times when we need your mercies new each day. We need to experience them anew. And so we thank you that your word is true and that your promises are sure and that we know that we can depend on your grace and your mercy each day. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the salvation that we know and experience in him as we sang about this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the son of heaven who came to rescue and save us that it is through the power of your great name that we are saved. It is through your death and your resurrection that we are experience hope and salvation. We thank you, Father God, that you invite us into a relationship with you, that we can know you through your word and also through prayer. As the choir just sang about, we can, we can know and experience that relationship with you in our everyday lives. So we thank you and praise you for that. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for the fellowship that you bring to brothers and sisters in Christ, to your church. We thank you for the support and care that that my family experienced this week, and I know many others have experienced as well in their times of need. We thank you for bringing us together as one body, as one family in your kingdom, Lord. And we thank you for we thank you for your provision each day. And so, Father God, we turn our attention now to those who are in need. Lord, there are many who are in need of healing, of provision, of restoration. And so we ask, Lord, that your healing hand would be on those who need it and that you would provide everything that is needed. Lord, not what is wanted because not what is wanted is always what's best for us, but what we need each moment of each day. We pray for those in authority over us as well as your word calls us to do. And so we pray for those in our state government at this time. We pray for our governor, state legislature and courts and other elected and appointed officials. May you work in and through them, Lord. May they have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness, and may they be filled. And we pray now also for authority figures here in our own church. We pray, Lord, for our consistory and especially our new members that are on uh, this month. We pray, Lord, for your wisdom to guide them. May we all be good stewards of the resources that you have provided for us as we seek to lead and serve this church, your body here in New Knoxville. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and sh- the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Thank you. Let's pray together again. Father God, as we turn our attention to your word now, um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give you words to speak of hope, of trust uh, that point people to you. May you open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So as you can tell, I am not preaching through First Peter today. We'll get back to that again next week. Um, I was in fact scheduled to preach on First Peter chapter 3 verses 18 through 22. Um, it's considered by many one of the most difficult to interpret or understand passages in the New Testament. And so I was originally actually planned to preach on that last week as part of that sermon. But as I was preparing the message, I thought, you know, there's just too much going on here. Um, I want to make sure that I have plenty of time and during the week to study and pray so that I can handle that passage well like I should. So I actually kind of removed it from the plan last week and added it on to the message that I was going to be preaching this Sunday. Well, God obviously uh, had different plans for my week Instead of praying through the passage, I spent a lot of time. Spent a lot of time praying for my daughter Josephine. As I'm sure you all know by now, um, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes this week, and we spent several days down at Dayton Children's Hospital with her. Instead of studying 1 Peter 3:18 through 22, Allie and I had a crash course in how to care for our daughter and the lifestyle changes that we'll experience as a family. And let me tell you, there is a lot to learn. Um, During our stay, um, I kept going through the Psalms over in my head, uh, passages that I've read countless times in hospitals very much like the one that my family was in. But I'll tell you what, when you're the one that's there, they hit differently. Passages like Psalm 23, Psalm 121, and the one that we just read here today, Psalm 46. 
See, the Psalms are the prayers of God's people. And in them you can find joy and hurt, despair and hope. And when you don't know what else to pray, it's the Psalms that you can turn to. And that's what I did. So during our second night in the hospital, Josephine asked if one of us could lay down in the bed with her. Um, Allie had been kind of snuggling with her during the day and spending time with her that way. And so I volunteered to lay down with her this time. And after all, before her. So I crawled up into the bed and, and slept with there with, you know, Josephine in my arms. And it was a long night. And nurses kept coming in to check on her blood sugar level and monitors kept beeping. And as great as Dayton Children's Hospital is, it is by no means a five-star hotel. Uh, if you ever spend a night in the hospital, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so lying there, I had a lot of time to think and to pray. And it was Psalm 46 that kept coming to my mind. I kept circling back to those famous words, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And so lying there in the hospital with Jojo, I preached a sermon to myself. And that's what I want to share with you today. So in my notebook, in the midst of pages and pages of notes about living with type 1 diabetes and all the things that uh, we as a family are going to have to worry about and care for in the years to come, I have a page here. And this is what I'm going to be sharing with you today. And so from Psalm 46... I want to reread some of these verses for you. We see from verses 1 through 3 that God is present in our pain. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We experience quite an earth-shattering um, event this past week. And I know we're not the only ones who have ever gone through something like that. You know, for us, we had a very, given the circumstances, good scenario with Josephine. We caught it early enough where the situation was mild. Um, and, and we know that things could have certainly been much worse, but for us, our world was shaken. I know for many of you, you've experienced earth-shattering moments like that. Maybe it was a single event. Maybe it was a season of life that you've gone through. But you've had a moment where you've looked around and it felt like everything was falling apart around you. Where it seemed like the mountains certainly were crumbling and falling into the heart of the sea. Though it seemed like the, everything around you was just falling apart. But it says here in verse 2, We will not fear, though the earth give way. And that's the thing that stuck out with me. And that's what I want to share with you today is that we don't have to fear no matter what is going on, no matter what problems come our way. We don't have to fear because God is present with us in our pain. Again, those famous words, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. God never promises that life is going to be easy, right? He never promises that things are always going to go our way. But what he does promise is that he will be present with us in the midst of our trouble. And he's ever present, which means he does, it's, he's not just there sometimes. He's not just there when it's convenient. He's there all the time. And we especially need him. We especially need to sense his presence in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our hardship. When we know we have nowhere else to turn and nowhere else to go, he's the one that we can turn to. 
And again, these words that, that God uses to describe himself here, he's our refuge and strength. Later on, he's described as a fortress, right? Those are the things that you need when times are bad, right? When, when you're going through life and things are easy, you don't need a refuge, right? When you're at a time of peace, you don't need a fortress to protect you. You need a refuge. You need a fortress. You need God's strength, especially when times are difficult. This passage also reminds me of Isaiah 43. It says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And that's what that passage is saying there. It doesn't say that life will be easy. He's saying you will pass through the fire. You will go through the water. But the promise is God will watch over and protect you as you do. Because God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. See, that foundation, that God, that, that trust in God, that, that God's word provides for us is like that foundation that Jesus talks about in Matthew 7. Right, as Jesus is wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount, and we were just talking about this in confirmation recently, he talks about how those who those who hear and do God's word, right? Those who hear Jesus teaching and respond by living it out are like people who build their house on a solid foundation of rock. Right? And those who don't do it, those who reject God and, and do not put their trust in him are like those who build their house on the sand. Right? But the same thing happens to both houses, right? The storms of life hit both houses. It's just a matter of what your foundation is. And we know through because of God's word that we have nothing to fear because God is present. He is the refuge and strength. He is the solid foundation that we need. Next we... In the next verses, we also see that we don't have to fear because God is more powerful than our problems. Again, in Psalm 46, picking up at verse 4, it says, There is a river whose streams may glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Notice here in the psalm, David is recognizing God's ability, his power to put an end to the things that are causing the problems. Nations are in uproar. There is turmoil. Um, Kingdoms are falling. Yet, God lifts his voice and the earth melts. That God has, can make wars cease to the ends of the earth. That he can stop the violence. He can stop the bloodshed. He can stop the problems that they're facing. God is certainly more powerful than our problems. You see, the difference there is that God is with her. The the psalmist is using this image of the city of God, right? God's people dwelling together. And it is God's presence, again, point one, it is God's presence in that city that makes the difference. 
so that brings up the question, if God is able, right, if God is powerful enough to stop the problems, then why doesn't he? And that's a question that I've thought of much this week, and I'm sure many of you have struggled with that same question as well. If God can make all of our problems go away, then why doesn't he do that? Right? Why doesn't he just make life easy for all of us? You see, when God allows us to experience suffering, when he allows us to go through difficult times, he's able to use that for his glory and ultimately for our good. Now, when you're in the middle of a problem, when you're in the middle of hurt, when you're in the middle of grief, it doesn't seem very good, right? You don't always see the good that God is able to do. And, you know, for us, this is very fresh, right? But God is able, we believe and trust that God is able to bring good even out of to us in his word. And passages like Rome, it is summed up and you see it throughout God's word, but it's summed up so well in passages like Romans 8, 28, that God is able to work to bring good out of all things for those who trust him. It doesn't mean every situation is good, but that God can bring good out of all things. Right? The situations that you are facing right now may not be good. But God can certainly still bring good out of them. Because God has a father's heart towards his children. And for those of you who are parents, you know what I'm talking about there. Right? As a parent, you want nothing more than to just take your kid's pain away. Right to, to remove any obstacles that are in their way because you want to make life easy for them. Right? There's even a, you guys have probably heard the term helicopter parenting, right? Those parents that are just kind of always there, always hovering over their kids, just always watching out for them. I've heard another term on top of that, that's lawnmower parenting. And those are the parents who just mow over any obstacles in the way for their kids, Right? But what's the problem with that sort of parenting style, whether it's the helicopter parent or the lawnmower parent? The problem is that child never learns to face any problems on their own. They never learn to deal with the reality of life. They never learn to handle it and figure it out on their own. And so that moment when they are out on their own and the problems of life arise, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know what to do with it. See, I believe that God allows us to experience hardship. He allows us to experience pain and suffering and grief so that it builds up our own ability to handle those situations by depending on him more and more. See, there's a, there's a lie that, that is, is, is circulated out there that God will never give us more than we can handle, and that is just not true. And this week for us was very much a test in that, the truth of that statement. But what God does is he does give us more than we can handle so that we can turn to him and trust him in those times of need. And so we trust that God is sovereign, right? That he, that, that we will, I will choose to trust him even when it doesn't make sense. Even when he doesn't take away the pain or the struggle or the heartache. Because we trust that God is good and that he is, he is able to, And that he is able to bring good even out of those difficult situations. A little bit later on, we'll talk about in the next point that 
And it says that God is exalted, right? There's this term, this term exalted. It means to be high and lifted up. It means to be raised up. And it says here that God will be exalted among the nations. And that term appears elsewhere in the in scriptures, of course. But one place it one place it does appear is in Philippians chapter two, which I did not <laughs> did not know that the praise team was going to be reading this morning. And now I'm having trouble finding it. <laughs> in Philippians chapter two, Paul writes this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Something really important that happens there between verses 8 and 9. Right in verse 8, Jesus humbles himself by becoming a servant, by becoming obedient even to the point of death. In other words, Jesus embraced the suffering. He embraced the pain. He embraced the grief. Everything that it is for us to be human. Right? He experienced that himself apart from sin, even to the point of sacrificing himself on the cross, the ultimate pain and suffering. And then in verse 9, it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. You see, it was through the pain and suffering of Jesus that he was exalted. In other words, there is somehow... God is more glorified. Jesus is more exalted because of the suffering that he experienced. Not despite it, but through it. We believe that God works the same in our lives as well. That somehow we are, God is able to bring good. He is able to do good in our lives and an even greater good than maybe he could have done before because of the pain and the suffering that we've experienced. And God is glorified and he is exalted precisely because of those things. The glory we experience of the resurrection, I believe, will somehow be even greater because of that suffering. Paul elsewhere in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 writes this, Therefore do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. I'll tell you what, sometimes those, those light and momentary troubles seem anything but light and momentary. Right? When you're in the middle of it, when you're experiencing it, they seem anything but that. But when compared to the glory that we will experience in Christ, when we are resurrected with Him and, and enter into His glory, everything in this life, even our worst days, will have been worth it because of that. God is present in our pain. 
God is more powerful than our problems. And finally, we see that God will bring peace through his promises. In verses 10 and 11, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You've probably all seen plenty of coffee mugs and fridge magnets that just say, Be still and know that I am God, right? But I think that phrase takes a whole different meaning within the context of what we've been talking about here today. In the midst of the earth falling apart around you, in the midst of violent turmoil and nations rising and falling, knowing that God is present in our pain and more powerful than our problems, he then tells us, be still and know that I am God. In other words, he says, quit striving, quit trying to save yourself, quit trying to fix your own problems and trust him. That's what it means to be still and know that, I, that he is God. Reminds me of the, the passage of uh, when the Israelites were leaving the wilderness, excuse me, leaving Egypt and entering into the wilderness. They're standing at the shore of the Red Sea. They got the water behind, they got the water in front of them and Pharaoh's army chasing them down behind them. They had nowhere else to turn. And they begin to panic. They begin to fear. And God tells them something in that moment. He says, you are about to see the deliverance of the Lord. Basically just says, stand back and watch what I'm about to do. And it was through their trust in God that he would deliver them. He would save them. That God is able to part the Red Sea and they walk through on dry ground. Right? They didn't have to do anything. Take away themselves. God just says, step, step back and watch what I'm about to do. He says, be still and know that I am God. And there's a level of trust there that is by no means easy to achieve. But it's trust that doesn't, again, it's, it's faith, it's trust, it's hope that doesn't well up from within us. It is given to us, it is poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. There's a, a passage in Mark that, uh, I think it's in Mark 9, that I go to often. And it's the story of Jesus uh, healing this young boy who had been um, uh, possessed by an unclean spirit. His father begs Jesus to heal him. And, and Jesus says, well, do you believe? And the man, said, the man responds, said, of course I believe. Help me in my unbelief. And that is such an honest prayer right there. Such a heartfelt prayer that we've all can experience, we all can relate to. I believe, help my unbelief. In other words, he says, I, I don't understand, I don't get it, I don't know why this is happening or how this is going to be better, but I'm choosing to trust you, Jesus. I'm choosing to put my faith in you. I'm choosing to trust you. Help me to now do that. See, the faith and trust we have in Christ isn't dependent upon our ability to understand him or understand his ways because scripture says that his ways are higher than our ways, right? His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. There's no way we're going to completely understand why God allows certain things to happen or why we go through certain situations. But we can choose to trust him and trust that he is good, and that he will provide and that he is present with us even when we don't understand why or how it happens. And again, it is through our, 
It is, in, it is, is the earth falling apart around us. It is, it is the trouble that we experience that God will then be exalted among the nations. God's exalted in our lives, but it says that he, that he is exalted among the nations. In other words, through our suffering, through our grief, through our pain, God is not only glorified in our own lives, but that can then be a testimony to others. That the pain and the suffering that we experience can then be turned into an opportunity for us to glorify God by sharing what He's done in our lives. Um, I wasn't going to... shouldn't have looked up there. <laughs> um, at the Praise and Prayer Night a few months ago, back in the fall, I know Morgan shared her experience with type 1 diabetes. Um, and she talked about the differences made in her life and how it's drawn her closer to God. And, you know, we talked about how you know, God is going to use her to make a difference. God is going to use her to make a difference in people's lives because of what she'd been through. And when Josephine was scared and she didn't know what she wanted to do, she got to FaceTime with Morgan. And she was able to talk with Josephine and share her experience and what she'd been through. And when we got off the phone and um, Josephine decided, she was talking to her about the monitoring system and all that stuff. And Josephine was very scared about it, very anxious about it, and didn't want to do it. And when she got off the phone with Morgan, she said, I want to do that. See, God is exalted. He works through our pain and suffering and grief. And in doing so, he is glorified, not just in our own lives, but also he can use that to make a difference in other people's lives. So, as I laid in the hospital bed with Josephine that night, this is what I said to myself. This is what the sermon I preached to myself, that God is present in our pain, that God will bring peace through his promises, excuse me, that God is more, and that God is more powerful than our problems. It helped me through that night and is obviously continuing to, God is continuing to work that in my life. And I just want to encourage you with those words as well. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true on our best days and on our worst days. And we thank you that you are present and ever present help in our times of trouble. So Lord, whatever you, whatever the people in the sanctuary and those listening on radio or watching online or are going through whatever they're experiencing, Lord, help them to know that you are with them. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Um, as we close our service today, I invite you to stand and sing with us our closing hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace. Oh